gospel on this September the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, if you've been listening to Law and Gospel for some time, you will have noticed that a number of passages appear to contradict Lutheran theology. And we take a look at these passages and we discover none of them contradict Lutheran theology because as a pastor, you use the original Greek, the original Hebrew, and law and gospel, and the most important item, scripture interprets scripture. So, for example, one passage that seemed to contradict Lutheran theology is in Mark where Jesus tells a rich man, go sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Now, that is a work that he is to do that Jesus gives the impression that he will go to heaven. We know that is not true. Why does Jesus do that? He is making the point that this man cannot follow any of the commandments of God perfectly in order to be saved. And he goes away sorrowful. Now, remember, the disciples are shocked. And they ask Jesus, who then can be saved? And he says it bluntly, with men, it is impossible. There is nothing a man, woman, or child can do in order to be saved. The salvation is a gift from God, given to them by the Holy Spirit. And that's really, really important. So, we also took a look at a passage where it appears that Jesus contradicts the Bible. Yes, he's talking about how deceit comes from out of our heart. It doesn't come from what you put in your body, namely food. And the gospel according to Mark, therefore, concludes, therefore, Jesus declared that all food is clean. Well, isn't that a contradiction of the ceremonial laws of the Old Testament? There are about 30 or 40 foods that are said to be unclean. And therefore, how can Jesus say they are now clean? How do we resolve that apparent contradiction? Well, Jesus is bringing in the new covenant, not the old covenant. Under the old covenant, the people said, all these things we will do and obey. And then they made a golden calf. No, the old covenant failed. And if you read the book of Hebrews, particularly chapter 8, you will see the distinctions between the old and new covenant. Because the old covenant is based on the promises of people which fail. The new covenant is based on the promises of God. And those promises began in the Old Testament with Adam and Eve and with Abraham and with David and with Solomon and the prophets about the coming of a Messiah, whose sins, therefore, he would pay for, and God would no longer remember your sins. So that's how we figured out that Jesus was not 
contradicting the Old Testament. Okay? So we've looked at passages that appear to contradict. We've seen Jesus appearing to contradict. We've discovered there is no contradiction. But now we're going to take a look where it appears that two apostles contradict each other. The one apostle is Paul. He says in Ephesians, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So that's what Paul says. What does James say? What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Wow. What they're talking about, what James is talking about, is that it appears that faith alone doesn't save you. But it's very clear from the Apostle Paul that faith does save. You see, it's a difference between law and gospel. Under the law, you get to heaven by obedience and you merit your way to salvation. Under the gospel, you get to heaven through faith in the promises of the gospel and you inherit salvation. Two totally different things. But how can we reconcile James? He's an apostle of the Lord. He's in the Bible. In fact, in verse 17 of James 1, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So we have an obvious, in my mind, contradiction between James and Paul. Paul is saying, faith alone saves. James is saying, no, faith with works save. This has caused great confusion in the Christian church. In fact, even Martin Luther for a while had some real problems with James until he began to understand the distinctions between law and gospel and also one of the most important tools that we pastors use is Scripture interprets Scripture. So what we have to do is find in James something that does not contradict the Apostle Paul. And, excuse me, something in Paul that does not contradict the Apostle James. So let's start with James. Scripture interprets Scripture. This is James' own writing. And it's in a chapter 2, beginning with verse 14. And the editors put this title at the top of this passage. Faith without works is dead. Wow, that certainly sounds like that's a contradiction of the Apostle Paul. 
where faith alone saves apart from works. Well, let's read verse 14, chapter 2. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Wow. You see, this is how we give comfort to people who are near death that their trust, their faith, their belief in the promises of the gospel are sufficient to save them. Well, James explains what he's talking about. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. See, it's a passage like this that certain denominations like the Roman Catholics teach that you're saved also by your works. Faith alone is insufficient. But it's the next verse that helps us. Verse 18, chapter 2 of James. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even The demons believe and shudder. Wow. Now, I thought we believed and taught that if anyone believes, then their sins are forgiven. In fact, there are some denominations that would take verses like this and declare there is no hell. No. Nobody's going to go to hell because even the demons believe. But James adds on, and they shudder. You see, the word for believe used for the demons is the same word for believe that characterizes a Christian. So now we're really in trouble. If the demons believe, and we teach that belief or faith alone saves, why aren't they saved? What we have here by James is another definition of faith. The first definition of faith is one which trusts the promises of Jesus Christ and a person is saved. The second definition of faith is one in which there is no trust at all in regard to Jesus Christ. And therefore, that person is not saved. But what does faith mean then? Faith has two different meanings. And the context tells you which. If the faith 
like of the demons, causes them to shudder. They have dead faith. What's dead faith? In contrast to saving faith. Dead faith believes the history of the Bible. So, for example, the demons believe that Jesus died on the cross. They were there. They believed that he rose from the dead. They were there. They knew he ascended into heaven. But they shudder. Why? Because there are no gospel promises for such dead faith. The dead faith is recognized by the fact that it has no works. Well, then we're in a problem. Are we saying, therefore, that faith has to have works, and therefore we're saved by faith plus works? That the cause of our salvation is our works? By the way, that's what every religion in the whole world believes. That's why every religion tells their people what things they are to do in order to get on God's good side and therefore be saved. So where in saving faith do good works occur? Well, here we go again to Scripture, interpret Scripture. The Apostle Paul. You know, a lot of people quote what I did. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. See, it can't be a result of works. It's the next verse that helps us understand what Paul is getting at. Verse 10 of Ephesians. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. Do you understand what Paul is saying and also now what James is saying? Dead faith is not followed by good works. Yeah, somebody is hungry and you tell them, well, our prayers are with you. Take care of yourself, but don't help them. That's dead faith. You may believe in thinking that you believe in Jesus, but you better be shuddering because you don't have proper faith. Proper faith results in good works. Now, we really ought to think about an analogy where that occurs. And the analogy I like using is a family. Uh, parents say they have a son that is born into their family. And when he is three years old, the son is able to talk, and he says to his father, Dad, am I your child? And the father repeats, Oh, yes, because 
you wash the car, you cut the lawn, you do the dishes, you take out the garbage, you make your bed. Would, would any father say that? Of course not. That young man is not his child because of what he is doing. He is his child because of an event that took place. Either when he was born, that means he was begotten of the parents, or when he was adopted, which means he was an orphan. In Scripture, the only begotten Son of God the Father is Jesus Christ. But throughout the Bible, it indicates that all believers are adopted into the family of God. And in my case, that took place in my baptism when I was only a few days old. Because baptism is a holy sacrament whereby God promises that I will receive two gifts, even as an infant. The one gift is the forgiveness of sins, which means God is no longer going to hold me accountable for my sins. He holds his son accountable on the cross. And the other gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Old Testament talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And that is the new covenant, the new agreement by God to his people. And what does that new agreement consist of? That your sins will be forgiven. They will no longer be remembered. What does that mean? Well, I've used this example before. It's my wife's birthday on Monday, and nothing happens. And on Tuesday, she asks me, did you remember that yesterday was my birthday? And I say, oh, uh, yeah, it was on my mind all day long. I didn't forget it. <laughs> she doesn't mean did I remember in the sense of my mind, where's my birthday present? You see, to remember someone at Christmas, at birthday, at anniversaries, you give them a, a present. When God remembers you, he gives you a present. Baptism, the Lord's Supper, strength and comfort to get through the sufferings of the devil while he is here. So, a child does not become the child of parents by any good works. He already has become the child by being begotten or adopted. But then, as a member of the family, wow, he does a lot of good works. In fact, it's very close to verse 10 of Ephesians. A parents could say this about their children. For we are his workmanship created by being begotten or adopted for good works, 
which we prepare beforehand that he should walk in them. See, the good works are never the cause of your salvation. They are the result of your salvation. Your salvation took place when you were justified, either by becoming faithful to the promises by reading the Bible or by baptism. That results in the distinction that we have in theology between justification and sanctification. Justification is that occasion when God creates faith in your heart and declares you not guilty. Then comes sanctification, where you begin to do holy works. You see, justification is only proper if it results in fruit of the Holy Spirit. We find that in the parable of the sheep and the goats. The sheep are commended for doing all these good works. We don't remember when we did those. Whatever you did to the least of these, my brethren, you did unto me. The Christian does many fruit of the Holy Spirit because it is now part of his nature with the Holy Spirit within him. So, there's two kinds of faith. There's saving faith, which means a person is justified and produces works of the Holy Spirit. Then there is dead faith, which the demons have. They're neither justified nor do they ever produce works of the Holy Spirit, and they shudder. Why do they shudder? Because they're afraid of God. In fact, that's why Martin Luther, in many of his commandments, we should fear and love God. God has the ability to send all of us to hell, but he doesn't. And he doesn't send you to hell not because your works are so good, but because the works of Jesus Christ were so good that he was sinless throughout his whole life on earth and yet died the death of a criminal, an innocent criminal. And that is Christianity. (coughs) Excuse me. So what we have here, There's no contradiction between James and Paul. They're each answering different questions. Paul is answering the question, how are you saved? And the answer is, through faith alone. James is answering the question, what kind of faith saves you? Is it Saving faith, or is it dead faith? And he gives examples in the church where 
individuals appear not to have saving faith. Verse 2 of chapter 2. Show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you, you stand over there, or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Now, Christians, they do this kind of behavior. But the difference is that they repent of that behavior, recognizing that what they did was contrary to the will of God. And therefore, God not only forgives them, but heaven is their home. It's a great question you can ask your friends. James says that faith without works, boy, that's not much. It's nothing. Paul says faith that saves is truly without works. And what he means by that is the works that you end up doing when you have proper faith are never a cause of your salvation. They are instead a result of your having become saved. And that's a big difference. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel with uh, Wes Reimnitz, we're going to be taking a look at beliefs that Americans have that are contrary to the Scripture. I think you'll really be surprised in hearing about them. That'll be on tomorrow's Law and Gospel. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.